Today's episode is brought to you by Pura. Pura is the world's number one fragrance diffuser. The Pura Smart Home Fragrance Diffuser allows you to customize your scent experience with premium designer-grade fragrances from the convenience of your smartphone. The Pura app lets you set custom schedules for your device from anywhere. You can alternate between scents, you could adjust the intensity, and you could set it to away when you're out of town, and you can also choose between different colors for your cool LED light that's on top of the Pura, which is quite the hot ticket in my house because my kids love to fight over what color the the light will be. I don't know if that's a good selling point that your kids will fight over it. Just don't tell them that they could choose. Just set it yourself and have fun with it. It's, this is your fun thing. Anyway, we have the Pura in our home and we love it. As you know, we have two kids in diapers, hopefully not for long, but you know, as of right now, two kids in diapers and the Pura keeps our house smelling good and it totally helps combat all of the other scents we have going on, you know, in the aren't house because it could be a smelly place without the Pura. They have a ton of scents to choose from. We chose to pretend like we are fancy and that our house is like a high-end trendy boutique and we chose the Capri Blue Volcano scent from, you know, the infamous volcano candle. And it smells just like the real thing. It really does. It smells so good and the smell is like so potent but not like overpowering and gross like, you know, diffuser scents can typically be. It smells so good. And we're also excited to try out some of their other scents. They have a rotating lineup throughout the year of seasonal scents and new scents that are featured on their site. Right now, they have a best-selling Hawaii-scented candle from the Homesick candle line that we're going to check out next. I put it on my subscription for next month. I will report back. I can't wait to smell it. Anyway, you should get a Pura. You'd love it. You would love it. It would make a perfect gift if you already have it. And your house is going to smell so good. And also, we have a code. Because of course we have a code. You could use our code WANNACHAT for 15% off of your purchase at Pura.com. Again, that's code WANNACHAT for 15% off of your purchase. Your house is going to smell so good. You're going to be so happy. You're going to feel so fancy. And again, you're going to have like a cool LED light situation going on in your house. And maybe your kids will not act like animals about it like mine do. Anyway, now on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and I know that we're a couple days late, but I told you on Instagram that there is a good explanation. We're mainly going to cover the Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I try to say both the names at the same time. The Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial today, and the court week goes from Monday to Thursday. So I didn't want to release an episode on Wednesday and miss out on everything that was happening on Thursday. I actually like technically re normally record on Tuesday night. And then I release the episode on Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. You don't care. But anyway, there was testimony that I was excited about that I knew was going to be coming. So I decided to wait. So now you can listen to this in the morning on Friday morning and then listen to it all weekend long. Enjoy it all weekend long. It'll be so fun. What a cool weekend for all of you. Anyway, we're mainly going to talk about the Johnny Depp case, as I said, you know, just seconds ago. But... um. We also have to quickly talk about this whole Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde thing. To catch everybody up to speed, um, Olivia Wilde presented at the CinemaCon convention this past week, I think two days ago, on Tuesday, right? Right? Um, and she was presenting about her new film, Don't Worry Darling, which, you know, notoriously is where her and Harry Styles met and... The timeline on the Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde breakup is, like, pretty fishy. You could look at it a certain way and say that she cheated on Jason, Jason Sudeikis with, um, with Harry Styles. But 
they say that they were broken up, so I guess we'll believe them anyway. She was there presenting about her movie, and she was showing a new trailer. And while she's on stage, she is handed an envelope that on the outside of it says personal and confidential. She tries to play it off like, oh, is this a script? Which is, I think, like the funniest part of it to me, because um, Booksmart, her movie that she directed, the first movie that she did, Booksmart, was a fine film, you know, but like she made this one movie and she's putting herself, um, I mean, I don't like her, so I'll just like come out and say that any of my views on her are like a little biased, but I always feel like she's like cosplaying as a serious writer director person like watching her on that stage and stuff she's like you know she has herself together like very well like she was wearing a very beautiful blue jumpsuit or not jumpsuit like a two-piece suit anyway but like you could just tell that she's taking herself very seriously so the idea that she's handed this envelope and she goes oh is this a script as if like people are like you know knocking on her door all the time giving her scripts because she's such a seasoned filmmaker. Anyway, I know that that sounds really bitter, but that was a funny aspect of it to me. Anyway, what it was, was a personal and confidential file, which allegedly, but also basically almost confirmed is, uh, she was being served papers from Jason Sudeikis's legal team about, uh, custody for their children, which is just a lot First of all, I will say that Jason Sudeikis and anybody in this situation, it's like a third party company that is like the people that serve papers in situations like this. And he would have had like no say, like he would not have, you know, been able to say, hey, I'm really mad at her. Somebody come uh, serve her papers like in front of everybody and, um, you know, embarrass her. So... We know that he's not really the bad guy here, but there have been, like, little rumblings online that Jason Sudeikis is actually, like, not who he, like, presents to be. And every time he's trending, a lot of people who are, like, in the know in Hollywood, I read a tweet today that said, like, I hate it when the person who's trending isn't trending for the reason that you wish he was trending. And everybody kind of inferred that that was about Jason Sudeikis. So there might be more to know about him than, uh, than we do know. But what we can say is that he probably didn't have her paper served there on stage on purpose. It was probably, like, the only time this person could, like, get to her, which, again, weird. But they have a job to do, whatever. So, anyway, that's all that we really have to talk about. And then, quickly before I begin, I need everybody to go see The Northmen in theaters, if you wouldn't mind. I have seen it twice now. It's been out for a week. Uh, I saw it the first time by myself on opening night in Dolby, like the, the big Dolby theater that they have at, a like the AMCs. Anyway, I saw it on the big screen and it was so good, but it was like so good slash disturbing slash interesting where I could not get it off my mind for days and days and days. So I like roped my friends into going and seeing it with me on Tuesday. My husband has little to no interest in seeing it. He says he'll maybe watch it once it's on streaming. Um, But seeing it the second time really like put all my obsession to rest. 
I was able to, you know, answer the questions that I had about the movie, whatever, and now I'm able to move on, but I cannot fully move on until I tell you all that you need to go watch it. You need to go watch it. Alexander Skarsgård, an actual beast. He turns into an animal. Everybody on here knows that I'm like, you know, a little obsessed with him. He is my dude. But even if he wasn't, it's a, such a good movie. The ending is him like fighting naked on a volcano, which is just something I never imagined seeing on a in a movie. You know, um, Nicole Kidman is there doing her Nicole Kidman accent thing. That's always, you know, something to behold. Anya Taylor-Joy, they're looking like a ethereal, you know, platinum-haired goddess woman. Anyway, just go see The Northman. Okay, now we can jump into the Johnny Depp trial. I think that's everything that we have to cover, right? Um, we will, we will begin my summary now. So when I was, you know, putting together a summary of events that happened. I was trying to do it like a day by day thing. Like, okay, I'm going to tell everyone what happened on Monday and what happened on Tuesday. And I did watch a majority of the trial. Um, pro tip, if you go on TikTok and you find a live stream, like ABC news and, uh, now media and like Yahoo news and a couple other outlets, they are streaming it live on TikTok. So if you find the stream on TikTok, it TikTok lets you like minimize it. So you can always just like have it in the corner of your screen while you do other things on your phone. And also you can just, you know, lock your phone and just have the audio playing. So thank you, TikTok. And thank you, ABC News for, you know, streaming this case so I can watch way too many hours of it. Anyway, I was trying to do it in like chronological order. And my recap is going to be semi-chronological, but I think I'm just going to like give you the highlights based on like who's talking and who they've called to the stand. Um, and I will introduce the characters. Dang it, I forgot to search the name. One moment, I'm going to stop this real quick. Okay, I'm back. I needed to find the name of one of my favorite people who has testified. Because um, if I neglected to say her name, I would be, you know, very... Uh, That'd be rude of me because she was my favorite. Anyway, we're just going to kind of go through this really fast. Um, a couple things popped up over the weekend before the trial started. Number one, uh, most notably, was Amber Heard, who has been caught in many lies, especially this last week, um, being caught in a lie about the makeup palette that she claimed to use to cover up the bruising. She claimed that she had this Milani, which is like a drugstore brand, this Milani concealer palette in her purse, like throughout their relationship to cover up any bruising and stuff that would occur from Johnny Depp's abuses. Um, and Milani is very team Johnny Depp. And Amber Heard was testifying that she or her legal team was testifying that she kept this concealer palette with her through the years of like 2015 and 2016 until their divorce. But that palette didn't come out until 2017. Like it wasn't released to the public until 2017. So that was a very big thing that like took the world by storm. Some random girl from TikTok went to the courthouse and was like, I need to find Johnny's lawyers and tell them about this. And she like approached them and they're like, yeah, you could send us an email if you want. She goes, I will. Like, it, I'm sure Johnny's uh, team, you know, probably already had that information, but good on you for doing what you feel like you need to do and fighting the good fight. Okay, next we're going to talk about 
Johnny's texts. That's our next chapter in the saga. Um, a lot of his texts, you know, were subpoenaed, which I might just be speaking for myself, but a new fear has developed in my mind um, of my texts getting subpoenaed because not that like I'm saying anything too bad on there, but you know, the things that Johnny Depp has had to reread out loud because everything was subpoenaed and Amber Heard's lawyers, I know that like a lot of people are joking about how horrible they are. And I don't think that they're horrible. I think that they just have a bad case, you know? Um, but we all must remember that Elon Musk is paying for these lawyers. So it's not like these are not court appointed attorneys. Like these are good attorneys. They just have a bad case and a bad client. Anyway, Johnny or Amber Heard's lawyers seem to enjoy making Johnny Depp, you know, relive all these texts. Um, for this portion, there's probably going to be some swear words. And when I say probably, I mean, definitely at least one of the clips I'm going to share, uh, does have a swear. So hide your kids, hide your wife, whatever. Um, this little clip is going to set the tone for, uh, some of the messages that we're going to be hearing. Rears, uh, tears, beers, shears, sapphires, leers, jeers, queers, hears, fakirs, mouseketeers, ears. I can go all night, DJ Maxipad. The old vintage motherfucker you went for, dumbass. Did I read um, that right? I was, sorry, I was signing off as dumbass. And then below that, you write, don't call me again and do not expect anything from me. You see that? I do see that. Did I read that right? You really did. Let's go to the next page, please. Eat salad with your equine AD bovine yerps. And thanks for the support. Have a great shoot. You sicken me. Leave me fucking be, Officer Squarehead. Your display of guilt and matronliness as a lesbian camp counselor was plenty. I'm going to give everybody a second to readjust your speakers before I start talking at my normal volume. Okay. All right. I'm back. Um, my goodness. So that's just like, you know, a little taste of, uh, the texts that we've been reading and, you know, this next one I'm going to share explicit, but this is just the stuff that's happening in this courtroom. Is the slippery whore that I donated my jizz to for a while, staying there. One more time. Is the slippery whore that I donated my jizz to for a while, staying there? So yeah, that's what seems to be happening in this trial. Um, and then just one more, you know, benign text to share before we get into like the nittier, grittier, more incriminating stuff. But here is something that Amber Heard's legal team is trying to pass off as violence when really it's more of like a sexting situation. Anyway, here we go. She writes, my throat is yours. You're going to be the death of me, but I don't care. And then you write, I have other uses for your throat, which do not include injury. I have other uses for your throat which do not include injury. Sorry, could you read that again? 
And that that was kind of funny. Johnny Depp, you know, just messing with him. But anyway, that's like what seems to be happening in the courtroom for the first part. But then it was time to address some of the more um, ominous, grosser texts that um, he had sent, uh, mainly with Paul Bettany, a.k.a. Vision from, you know, WandaVision and the Avengers movies and stuff. Anyway, Johnny Depp and Paul Bettany met on a movie set and they became very good friends. Um, Johnny Depp like decided to just rant on stand about like how good of a guy Paul Bettany is probably, you know, to defend him because these texts were about to come out, which did not paint either of them in a good light. Um, Johnny Depp texts Paul Bettany and says, let's burn Amber. And Paul wrote back, I'm not sure we should, I'm not sure we should burn Amber. She is delightful company and pleasing on the eye. We could, of course, do the English course of action and perform a drowning test. Thoughts? You have a swimming pool. Johnny Depp said, Let's drown her before we burn her. I will... Sorry, guys. I will F her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she's dead. Paul Bettany replied, My thoughts entirely. Let's be certain before we pronounce her a witch. Um, and then many of the other texts, he called her things like worthless hooker, filthy whore. Um, and in his defense, he said, when I write something, when I write a text, especially if I'm in a particularly impassioned place, it's a canvas, a painting, he said, um, trying to like make excuses for his dark, um, you know, dark humor, um, alleged humor. None of that was like that funny, but he was talking about... He says that they were referencing Mighty Py- Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which um, I have seen, but don't remember anybody effing a dead corpse in that movie, but I could be, could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. So um, anyway, could you imagine anybody reading your texts over the stand? I would um, die. That's why one of my first requests after I die is like, okay. Mary died. Yikes. Oops. Cell phone just went off. Mary died. Yikes. Here's her wishes. Like, alert my family and then get the nearest sledgehammer and just pulverize my phone. My phone needs to be broken into at least 16 unrepairable pieces. At least within five minutes of five minutes of my death. Um, that's my only death request. I have not made an official will, will, but maybe, maybe I should because anybody ever reading my text is the most mortifying thing I could ever think of. Um, anyway, Paul Bettany, uh, came out to, um, defend himself after the texts and, uh, he said, I knew him before, but we haven't spoken for years. During the marriage, I didn't know them. Um, so I wasn't around for any of that. We live in a world without context. You suddenly have one of the most scrab- scrabious? That must be a British word. Um, newspapers in London and their lawyers pouring through your text from the last 10 years. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a bunch of lawyers go through all of your emails and texts for 10 years? All I could tell you is that it's a very unpleasant feeling. Agreed, Paul Bettany. Although I have not gone through that could imagine it would uh suck so anyway that's the ending of that chapter which is johnny's texts chapter three 
We are going to just quickly um, talk about one of my favorite things about this case. Um, I really hope I pronounce her name right, but the judge over this case is Judge Penny as as cart as carte as a carte. We're gonna say that, and I'm so sorry because I'm sure that's not right um, pronunciation. One of my favorite things about her is that she will make sure that they take recess. It seems always that her number one concern is when are we taking our breaks? When are we going to lunch? Before anybody starts any of their testimony, she'll go, okay, is this going to be longer than 20 minutes? Is this going to be longer than 30 minutes? Should we break for recess now? But like they got back from recess like an hour ago. She loves a long lunch. Today, um, she said like, uh, the next testimony is probably going to be longer than 30 minutes, right? And the attorneys were like, yes, this one is going to be over 30 minutes. She goes, oh, let's just take an early lunch. I hope no one's opposed to taking an early, early lunch. And we'll take an early lunch and it will also be a late lunch. We'll have everyone come back here after 2.30. I have something at 2. So everyone can come back at 2.30. We'll just make court a little bit longer, but let's take an early lunch and we'll make it a long lunch. She is concerned about lunch breaks and she's concerned about the breaks throughout the day. Um, and for that, she has been my comic relief other than the, um, the texts. I was about to repeat one of them, but I decided not to because who knows who listens to this podcast. Um, okay. Next notable thing. So now we're going to get kind of more into like the, the nitty gritty of the case. Um, there were a couple testimonies that came out this week. A lot of them, um, pre-recorded, but some of them were in person, and probably to me the most um the most interesting the one i was most the most impressed by and the one that was um the most telling about the case was from Sharon from Shannon Curry um who is a psychologist and she was the psychologist in charge of evaluating Amber Heard so Amber Heard's um testimony and her claims have been that she has suffered a lot of um, PTSD due to Johnny Depp's abuse. And she saw this this, um, forensic psychologist who evaluated Amber Heard um, for hours and did a very, very extensive questionnaire trying to diagnose her, um, seeing like what kind of things she might be dealing with. And when she was doing the um, the questioning for PTSD, she described on the stand, and it's really, if you're going to watch one testimony from this whole thing, I would say go watch hers because hers was like so educational. She was like so well-spoken and I learned like so much. Um, but she was talking about how PTSD, you know, is very complex and there's a lot of different factors that go into you know, somebody that's dealing with it and it's very, you know, it's a very hard thing to deal with. Um, and this is kind of how it can manifest, whatever. Um, and she talked about how there's like certain markers where they ask tons of questions, but if people answer these questions in a certain way, they're able to tell if they are like exaggerating their symptoms or pretending like symptoms are there when they're not, they're, they're not really there. Like they'll ask one question, they'll get one kind of answer. And then later on, 
a question that they will ask that doesn't seem related to an earlier question, but is related. They'll kind of give a different answer, which doesn't really match up with the first answer that they gave. Long story short, she um, said that Amber Heard was in the 98th percentile of um, all their markers for exaggeration and for, you know, she didn't say faking PTSD, but for um, pretending like uh, she was dealing with PTSD from abuse. Um, let, let me just talk about Amber Heard for a second. I was talking to my friend Meredith about this today. A gross thing about this whole case has been like, there's been so much audio recording and video recording and stuff from her from like throughout their relationship that she either did in secret or he would find out that she was recording after the fact or something. There was so much of that where like she's obviously just, you know, has a couple screws loose and she's just giving me very big like manic pixie dream girl vibes. And I feel like maybe a lot of people have like known somebody like this where like they're so beautiful. She's so beautiful, right? She's so beautiful and she's like fun and guys just get given her history you know, Johnny Depp, Elon Musk. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. And other like romantic partners and stuff that she's had. It seems like she has kind of this magnetic personality that like pulls these guys in and she's so beautiful and she's fun. And she kind of like gets all these guys. I don't want to like be like in her trap or whatever. She probably has redeeming qualities that these guys like too. But there is an aspect of this, you know, like manic pixie dream girl, like girl that just kind of gets them in her web and then she just causes all this chaos and craziness like like Jessa from Girls kind of like gets them and it's an adventure but then like she's actually I hesitate to be like she's nuts she's crazy but she's nuts she's crazy um and she clearly is dealing with something but the things that she's alleging um to mentally be dealing with according to this forensic psychologist who this is her job to evaluate people like this, um, according to her, she's not really dealing with things that she's claiming. Does that make, did that sentence make sense? Anyway, but this does bring us to Muffin Gate, which was one of my favorite parts of the trial so far. So Amber Heard's lawyers are grasping at straws. Basically, this psychologist psychologist came up and said, these things that Amber Heard is saying that she's dealt with, she ha she's not dealing with. So again, Amber's credibility is shot, right? And Amber Heard's attorney went up and tried to just, you know, decredit anything that this forensic psychologist would be saying. And she tried to like bring up that she had gone to dinner and drinks with Johnny Depp before. And she's like, so you went drinking with Johnny Depp? And she's like, I've been to dinner with him. Yes. And she's like, and you were drinking. She goes, I might've had a drink. It was a very long time ago. So you were drinking with Johnny Depp, like anything to hurt her credibility. In comes Muffin Gate. So the lawyer out of nowhere goes, did you, or did you not tell your husband that you were having Amber Heard come to your office and he, um, 
went and got muffins for her. And she's like, no, I did not tell him. Or I don't even think she brought with muffins first. She's like, no, that's incorrect. I did not tell my husband that I was going to be meeting with Amber Heard. That's confidential. And she's like, so you're saying under oath right now that you did not tell your husband that you were meeting with Amber Heard that day? And she's like, yes, that's what I'm saying. And she goes, well, what about the muffins? So she starts to tell this, the attorney is trying to paint this picture that the psychologist told her husband that she was going to be meeting with Amber Heard and try to paint this picture that the psychologist's husband was so jazzed up about the idea of Amber Heard meeting with his wife where he went out and like bought her muffins or something. The psychologist gets frustrated and she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you the muffin story right now and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. Here's what happened. And then she says like, I get muffins for my office all the time. I was running late that day. My husband knew I was running late. He decided to go pick up the muffins from the bakery. My husband picked up the muffins from the bakery, brought them over to our house. I took them from our house over to the office while sitting with Amber Heard. I said, aren't these good muffins? We could thank my husband for the muffins. So Amber Heard had told her attorneys and her husband knew that she was meeting with me because he brought us muffins. He bought me muffins. Anyway, it made her attorneys look stupid. It made Amber look stupid. And it just made um, Shannon Curry my new favorite person other than um, Mrs. Is it time for lunch yet? Judge, um, Judge Penny. Anyway, that was Muffin Gate. But that was probably the most compelling testimony, which again, it just like discredits Amber's big claims. Um, next, uh, we're going to go into the Christ- Christian Carino uh, he is Lady Gaga's ex-fiance and he's a very like powerful agent in Hollywood and he's worked for both Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and he says that he's friends with both of them. It seems like he has more of like a buddy-buddy friendship with Amber, but I doubt he would anymore after this. Um, so there were two parts of what he was asked to testify about. The first half was you were representing Johnny Depp did he lose roles? Like, did he lose these roles because of Amber Heard's uh, accusations? Because that's really what the nitty gritty of this lawsuit is about. Johnny Depp is suing her for $50 million because he lost his role as Captain Jack Sparrow and the Harry Potter spinoff Fantastic Beats, Beasts movie. He lost these roles because of Amber's um, op-ed that she wrote about him in the Washington Post. Anyway, so Christian Carino, the agent, testifies that, yes, like he says, my opinion is that Amber's accusations would have had the most dramatic impact on his off-screen reputation. I'm not talking about any specific accusation. Um, And he just said, yes, that is why he lost these roles. So as his agent... That's very, um, like nobody would know really why he's in or out of work more than his agent. So again, more compelling testimony to kind of damn, uh, Amber Heard's side of things. And it was another point to Johnny Depp. Another thing that he was asked to testify, asked to testify about was about Amber Heard's, um, relationship with Elon Musk. And that's notable for a couple reasons. There was a lot of financial stuff tied up with Elon Musk and there was also like a little bit of infidelity 
and they have their own issues as well. Amber Heard and him dated after and a little, there was probably a little bit of overlap according to surveillance footage, but sorry, I have like something in my throat. Elon Musk and Amber Heard, they were dating, they got embryos and like they froze embryos together and they have been to court themselves um, about like what would happen to those embryos. Uh, because Elon Musk wanted them destroyed after they broke up, but Amber didn't. And she probably ended up having his baby. Um, she had a baby last year and it was born like via surrogate, probably with these frozen embryos that she has. But again, you know, that's the speculation as the, as they would say in the court anyway, but Christian Carino was able to testify a little bit about Amber Heard and Elon Musk's relationship. And the most telling part is when Amber was texting about um, her breakup with Elon. She wrote to him, she said, I hate when these, th when things go public. And he said, you weren't in love with him. And you told me a thousand times you were just filling space. Talking about Elon Musk. So he said under oath that Amber heard a thousand times, obviously an exaggeration, told him that she was just filling space with Elon Musk. So this person that she froze embryos with, and also this guy that's like bankrolling this whole thing for her, he's the one paying her legal fees. And we're going to get into the ACLU of it all in a little bit. But Elon Musk is covering for her in so many different ways. And he, and Christian Carino, who is her friend, testified under oath that Amber Heard said that she's just filling space with Elon, that she's not really, that at the time she wasn't really interested in him. Um, so that was very, uh, very juicy gossip, which by the way, somehow seems like Elon kind of weaseled his way out of not having to testify. We thought that we were going to get a testimony from him, but it seems like he's not going to have to. Um, a quick detour is the same day as the psychologist, uh, testimony, we got to hear testimony from the front desk uh, person at a place where they were living, I believe, um, and also a police officer that was uh, that reported to the scene after one of the fights that they had where Amber had alleged abuse. And then the police officer testified that they didn't see any abuse, like they didn't see any signs of abuse at night. Um, but the front desk testimony was very funny. It was from a man named Alejandro Romero and he just did not want to be doing any of this. You could tell that he's had to every couple months or so, something from this case has come up in his life where he's had to do a deposition or he's had to submit something or whatever. And he's just over it. So this was a pre-recorded testimony, um, or a pre-recorded deposition and he's doing it from his car. And during the, uh, the testimony, it's really funny because he's just like driving around during his deposition. Judge Penny is like laughing and she's just like, what is happening in my courtroom right now? He's vaping while he's doing his testimony. And he said, um, I know you guys sent me the papers to review and I'm going to be honest. I don't even want to review them because it's been so long. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to deal with this court case. Everyone's got problems and I don't want to deal with it no more. Um, so that was like a funny thing, not his testimony. There wasn't anything that, uh, it was more just like, 
Johnny Depp, good guy. Amber Heard, not great. Whatever. Um, two more things I want to hit on. Today, Terrence Doherty of the ACLU, this was some of the testimony that I wanted to wait to record the podcast for. Terrence Doherty from the ACLU um, testified today. Um, it was a recorded, pre-recorded deposition from December of 2021. Um, and what they were trying to establish was, was the op-ed that this whole case is about, the op-ed that was in the Washington Post, was it a publicity stunt um, to promote Aquaman, which came out the same week that the op-ed came out? Um, and did Amber donate the promised money to the ACLU? So let's talk about the money real quick. Amber heard when she divorced uh, Johnny Depp, she was awarded $7 million, which she um, promised to the judge and to the public. Like she went on a talk show and she was like, I want nothing from this. I'm donating it to these fantastic causes. She, um, she said she was going to take the $7 million and donate half of it to the ACLU um, and donate the other half to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And it doesn't seem like she ever did that. So that's what part of the testimony was for today. It seems like she donated like $350,000 of the um, pledged $3.5 million. It seems like Johnny Depp threw in a little bit of money that went towards her thing. And then it seems like Elon Musk did some that rounded it up to like a million and fifty thousand dollars but not the pledged amount on um, what she had testified in front of a judge that she was going to pledge to the ACLU. Like if she was awarded this money, she would donate to the ACLU. The judge said like he would want to see documentation of that. She never produced it, but she still, um, there's like no timeline. I think that there might be like a pledge limit of 10 years, but she still has time to pay that money. But it just, again, it's just another one of those things that hurts her credibility and is, supposed to give everyone pause like okay this woman doesn't tell the truth and she said that she was going to use this money for this thing instead she just used it for herself which kind of paints a picture that she does things for personal gain blah 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 and then part two of his testimony was about the op-ed that was in the washington post she did it with the aclu and um they kind of it seems like today according to testimony they mainly wrote the op-ed which this whole case is about they mainly wrote the op-ed or at least they wrote like the first drafts and stuff she probably put her own personal details in there where she like you know talked about alleged abuse and again she did not name johnny depp by name but it was very easy to put like one and two together so he was asked was it your understanding that it was an ACLU staff member who prepared the first draft of the op-ed? And then there was a slight pause before he replied, yes. Um, and the emails from the person that drafted the first draft and went to Amber said, your lawyers should review this for the way that you um, that I skirted around talking about your marriage. Um, and he had said that, I hope it doesn't put Amber in jeopardy because of the NDA, like the non-disclosure agreement that she signed as part of her divorce. So what that testimony means is it's just kind of like the ACLU trying to like absolve themselves of, um, helping, like assisting Amber in violating her NDA. So like while this op-ed was like released in conjunction with the ACLU, 
they were kind of trying to like distance themselves, but it didn't really make them look um, great. And there were a couple other things that like didn't really make them look great. Amber Heard is like still listed on their website as an ambassador and that she had pledged this money that again hasn't actually like been donated. And then like this op-ed thing where they should have probably done more due diligence that she was just making these wild claims that really couldn't be backed up yet. Um, but also the lay of the land at the time, it was the Me Too, Me Too movement. And let me just say really quick, so far this case has been very biased against Amber Heard. Amber Heard has not taken the stand yet. She takes st the stand on Monday. That's when we will hear you know her testimony and the tides of the of the case might really change at that point you know we might learn new things about johnny that corroborate her claims of abuse and it seems like so gross to me like how i'm even talking about it like her claims of abuse alleged abuse and stuff but just because i am so conditioned to believe people when they say that they're being abused and being hurt and you know being violated and i think that we should still continue to do that like i don't think a potential bad apple should um should make people not believe people anymore um so far the testimony and stuff that we've seen from people under oath have been and people under oath who amber heard who under oath said these people will testify that, yes, they saw him hit me at X, Y, and Z moment. These people will testify that they saw the bruising on this day. These people will testify that I did not um, throw a bottle at him that severed his finger. And then all these people that she said would stand up for her under oath said, no, she's not telling the truth. No, Johnny did not do that. We also have to remember, too, plain devil's advocate, who would you rather take on as an enemy? I know under oath is really supposed to mean something, but if you're looking at two people, if you're looking at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, and if you're, like, trying to have a career in Hollywood or anything like that, or not even Hollywood, but just, like, trying to live your life, would you rather have Amber Heard as your enemy or Johnny Depp as your enemy? You know, so that's just me playing devil's advocate for a little bit. Um... Like, I feel like there's inherent intimidation for these witnesses to stand up for Johnny Depp. Does that make sense? Um, anyway, that's where we left off with the ACLU thing. That was one of the last testimonies that we heard today. Um, but I just wanted to end things by talking about Johnny Depp's uh, closing statement. There is a famous, now famous audio recording from Amber Heard where Johnny and her are fighting with each other. He's telling her that he's not going to accept her behavior anymore and that she had attacked him. And she says, tell the world, Johnny, find a judge and a jury that will believe you. Tell the world that I, Johnny Depp, I, a man, Johnny Depp, I'm a victim of domestic violence. Tell them. So they play that audio at the very end of Johnny's testimony. This was a very good move by his, you know, legal team. It's almost like he has the best lawyers that money can buy. Anyway, 
they have him, they play that audio and they repeat the words to him. And he says, yes, I am a victim of domestic violence. And that was the end of his testimony, which was very powerful. Um, so that's kind of like where things are right now. Next week, again, we hear from Amber Heard and that's kind of when things could change. The way I'm picturing things shaking out now as somebody that has no legal know-how. I don't think Amber Heard is going to be getting a million dollars from Johnny Depp. I think that's pretty safe to say at this point. She's countersuing him for a million dollars, or for, sorry, a hundred million dollars. That's the thing, guys. This is the thing that makes me the most angry about this whole case. This poor freaking jury. Like, yes, I understand Johnny Depp's lawsuit to an extent, you know? He lost out on, out on these roles because he was portrayed as somebody that abuses women. He lost out on $50 million because of that. He wants that money back. He says it's not about the money, but that's how he came up to the $50 million figure. Amber Heard counter-suing counter for $100 million is bonkers, right? Just insane. The fact that a jury is having to give up their life for six weeks to listen to texts like, is the slippery whore that I donated my jizz to for a while around, like they have to give up their life for six weeks to listen to all of this, to let these two rich people, one of whom like is smuggling embryos from Elon Musk and the other guy is you know, Johnny effing Depp, who has enough money and doesn't need her $50 million. This jury has to just sit through this and like give up their life and like give up their social media and give up their plans and give up their income from their jobs. Like they're making $15 an hour or whatever as a juror. It's so freaking gross to me. And like listening to her legal team. And again, I know that her legal team's just doing like their job. But the guy that they, the vaping guy that I talked about that was like so over it, she was trying to, because um, I think the vaping guy, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, his testimony was she didn't look like she had bruises on her face. So the lawyer was like, could you tell if Amber Heard had concealer on? Could you tell if she had powder on? Do you, could you tell if she had eyeshadow on? Could you tell if she had lip liner on? Like going through every single makeup possibility. And he was just so annoyed with it. But the fact that like that part of the testimony took like 15 minutes and these freaking jurors are just having to sit through all of it. Not even to be one of those like the taxpayers money, but like the freaking taxpayers and stuff are doing all this stuff. So these two rich people can fight over 50 million and 100 million dollars is sick. If Johnny wins, he better give each of those jurors a million dollars. I don't know if that's legal or not, but if they are, he better do it. Anyway, that's where I'm going to end today's podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, you can find us on TikTok at, at I just want to tap podcast. You can find us on Instagram. I've been posting daily updates of the case on there. So if you just can't wait for the next update, you know, uh, follow along there at I just want to tap podcast. Um, and you can join our Facebook group. You guessed it. It's called I just want to chat podcast. And we have a lot of fun discussions in there. There's been a lot of good influencer sightings lately in the group. So that's definitely something to uh, pay attention to. 
Anyway, um, yeah, I think that that's where I'm going to end it. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week.